So breaking down this week's top five at the box office, we have Onward in the number one spot at right around 40 million, a little under expectations, but still well in the lead here for the weekend. After that, we have Invisible Man uh, doing pretty well in its second weekend, a blow of 50% drop, right around 15 million. And then in third place, we have the other newcomer of the week at the way back uh, at 8.5 million and under 3,000 screens. Uh, then after that at four, we have Sonic the Hedgehog at 8 million and Call of the Wild at 7 million. Um, so uh, I think definitely the big news of the week is kind of onward and its success or lack thereof and kind of what's been happening in the world, in the world and <laughs> our society's crumbling, I guess. I don't know. But uh, it's interesting because onward, um, clear winner of the weekend, like as I mentioned, but for, 40 million. Uh, but it's definitely below expectations. People were kind of looking at this onward to get around 50 million. Um, it's one of the lower Pixar uh, opening weekends in quite some time. Uh, what do you make of this, Brendan? It's kind of a kind of a funky week, definitely. Yeah, I think that obviously a lot of people are going to be uh, kind of not blaming, but pointing to the coronavirus to kind of explain some films from now on uh, kind of doing poorly. But I think Onward's one of those films that definitely took a slight hit from it, definitely. But I didn't see this film being a massive um, movie otherwise. I didn't expect Onward to just blow us away with numbers. I expected maybe 50 to 60. So mixed with the virus and just that the film's not... It, it, like it's, it's, a, it's an original Pixar film. They don't always uh, do blockbuster numbers. Like You're not going to be getting the $180 million that Incredibles 2 opened up with or something like that. I do think this film's going to have good legs. Pixar movies, they never really die except for the uh, good dinosaur. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> every single one uh, besides that has kind of found a life after theaters and has, has kind of lived on in a way. And I think Onward's going to probably have some decent legs here in North America. Overseas is definitely where it's going to have a question mark, though. Yeah, you mentioned uh, The Good Dinosaur. And this it's actually its first opening uh, opening weekend. is actually right on par with uh, The Good Dinosaur, which opened at a little over $39 million. So we'll see kind of when the actuals come in on Monday what exactly Onward has. But So it's right in line with that. So it's not... It's not great. Um, and even just looking at Pixar in general, it's one of their lowest opening weekends, um, basically since Toy Story 2, um, way back in 1999. Uh, so it's really, really not, not great. And yeah, you mentioned there is, they do, obviously with their kind of the original movies, there are, there are far less gross than like your Incredibles 2 and your Toy Story 4s and all that. Um, this is definitely at the lower end of that. And, I think, right, we're not going to look at the coronavirus and say this is the <laughs> this is the cause for all problems at the box office. That's definitely not it. Uh, this was definitely a weirder uh, Pixar movie. People see the trailer and there's a kind of a it's a weird mesh of old kind of like fantasy stuff. And there's like half a dad with like just there's like a pants like trousers just walking around. It's kind of a it's kind of a weird premise that. I'm sure a lot of people didn't know quite what to do with, um, but yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not doing really good here. Um, I still haven't, I haven't seen this movie either, um, but I think the the more interesting piece of this is kind of like what the corona the coronavirus kind of what what effect it will have coming in just the weeks to come. We already saw last week where No Time to Die kind of bounced until November to just to kind of avoid that, and uh, reports are saying that. MGM and like the broccolis, the big producers behind that movie are already they're probably going to lose around 30 million from that move alone. I uh, just and they hope that 
maybe things get better overseas. That's a really big overseas proper property. So they kind of hope that that loss will be recouped later on. Um, but we're in this kind of weird zone where we, and we have Mulan coming out in a few weeks, which it should have been, is probably going to be a big Chinese hit. If it ever gets released over there or when it happens, it's, this is, it's a very weird time. So I can't, really fault onwards lack of success on the movie itself. Even if the it's, we, we kind of looked at soul as the big Pixar movie of the year. Um, but it's, it's, I feel like this is kind of tough. This is a tough beat for onward. Yeah. I mean, the reviews were good. Now the, the reviews for onward weren't like uh, top notch. This is one of the best movies out there. One of the transcendent animated films. So I think that plays into it as well. Um, but the overseas numbers, I think is where you, look at kind of a concern here for onward so 28 million dollars uh, overseas is what it opened up to so 68 million overall that overseas number i think is a very very big issue and it's going to be an issue for several other films as well because it's not like onward didn't open in that many markets this weekend it opened up in 47 markets now china didn't get a release there italy it didn't get a release there um Korea and China didn't get releases there either. So at some point, if it comes out there, that'll be a solid bump for sure. But it, it was released in pretty much everywhere else in Europe, um, Australia. So there's there's some concerns for sure about how this virus, I think, is going to impact films overseas. And I, I think we've been avoiding talking about it on the pod because we didn't quite know the impact of it. I, I still don't know the impact of it on a broader scale, but in terms of film, I think it's going to have a really big impact. And I was kind of in denial about that for the past few weeks. But I think this might be the first little sign that it's going to really change 2020. Yeah, and I think we we definitely still have yet to kind of understand the true impact of this. Because I feel like we're, we're starting to hear, even in North America, we're starting to hear more and more cases of it come up. And I mean, in my, in my day job, they told us to basically just bring all our stuff home because there could be a quick announcement from down on up that everyone just needs to stay home and work from home for the time being. Um, so it's, we, we are all still kind of in a holding pattern here. It's, and it's just, it's bizarre. It's a weird, really weird time to release a movie. And um, even with uh, no time to die uh, getting pushed, we saw the cancellation of the South by Southwest film festival, which is, it really sucks. I hate, I hate when that happens. Um, I mean, it's going to be a huge economic hit on, the, the Austin area down in Texas, but I also feel really bad for the, a lot of those filmmakers. There's a lot of really small films that play there. And um, like those, a lot of those movies just aren't going to be able to get into can and maybe we'll see what happens with can in a few months, if nothing gets better there. But a lot of those movies probably won't play at other festivals. And a lot of their releases are going to come in the next few months. So they were kind of hoping for South by to be like this really big springboard for their release and possibly the success. And, that might that kind of that cancellation can change a lot of careers too, which is there, it, there's a huge ripple effect in this. It's it just kind of sucks. It's really a bummer. It's 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 very bad. And I think before we move on to talk about some other films, I think that it's worth noting the broader impact that this might have on the film industry this year. I hope that uh, we get a handle of what's going on with this virus. Um, and obviously, you don't want to scare people. Everyone wants to take precautions, and we don't know what what the overall impacts are going to be in. And yes, the, the, uh, mortality rate in, in a sense is not that high, but it, it is always something that you want to, um, be cautious of and you want to make sure that, that you are staying clean, staying safe, staying sanitized. But I think that 
some very interesting things in China are going down because you have every single movie theater has been closed in China. Um, and the Chinese film industry is doing things that you wouldn't otherwise think to do. Uh, a, a very popular Chinese film called Lost in Russia, it, it was kind of the New Year's themed film, um, was set to come out early February. That's a movie that uh, was expected to make a ton of money, hundreds of millions of dollars, just based on the fact uh, that it was kind of the big New Year's themed film there in China in February. And you saw the uh, company ByteDance, which is uh, the blockbuster company behind TikTok. Um, they actually got in touch with the studio and they got the film and they released it on online streaming platforms on five different video streaming platforms in China. So that's a very interesting kind of quick to action um, change in the industry. And it was reported that within weeks, 600 million people in China watched uh, that film through their streaming services. So, I mean, that's, that, that's pretty big. And I don't know if that'll happen here. I don't know if we'll see that start to happen, but I think this will definitely play well for streaming services here. Yeah. And it's, it's that's a great call because I mean, we'll talk about Spencer Confidential in a little bit, but that's probably one of the bigger winners of this weekend. Just all things in consideration here, um, even though it's a pretty bad movie, and we'll get to that. But I am really interested to kind of see what movies are either hurt by this or decide to move. And I'm looking. I mean, the next two weeks we have uh, like Bloodshot and The Hunt, and then after that, A Quiet Place. I don't really see those as movies that are in, that are threatening to leave. I'm looking at. Mulan is the big one, right? Because it's that was going to be a big movie over in China. So we'll, I imagine we would probably see something within the next few days about that movie, if anything at all. And after that, maybe I'm looking at Peter Rabbit too, because that was a big movie. The reason that movie is even a thing is because that movie was really big overseas. And it did pretty well here in the States. I think it made over, made over $100 million. Um, but it made a lot of its uh, gross overseas, especially in the UK. Um, so I think... Those are definitely two movies that I'm looking out for. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't know. What do you make of this? Yeah, it's it's something that I, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of the, I mean, No Time to Die definitely is is a big, big move. I mean, like literally a day after the tickets go on sale, it flips to, uh, or it gets pushed in November. And it definitely was frustrating for a lot of people, but I do think it was I don't know. If, we'll see if it was the right move, but overseas-wise, this is definitely the right move. Uh as well, the Bond films usually come out in fall, so I was kind of shocked originally when this one was coming out in April, um, so maybe it'll even feel a little bit more comfortable, but November is now looking to be a very busy month at the box office, um, just kind of throwing in that last Daniel Craig James Bond film, but I think that uh, film moving opens the door for other major blockbusters. I don't think we're going to see smaller budget, um, kind of more American-centric films get moved but i think we might see some more blockbusters get pushed potentially if not here in north america overseas and it's kind of weird so now we when we look we're looking a little ahead to april here but probably the most the the, the biggest movie we're looking at in april is new mutants which is so so weird to say because we've been kind of in this holding pattern for what three three years at this point with that movie um so i mean i'm my hopes aren't definitely not up for that one so that's it's kind of weird. we're going to be in a weird time for quite some time and probably until Black Widow comes out in May 1st. So we'll kind of see what happens there. But the next few weeks, we do have some interesting. I think a lot of people are looking forward to A Quiet Place 2. But um, there's definitely kind of a weird air around the industry and people don't know quite what to make of anything. So uh, 
it's it's really weird and i think onward is kind of the first little piece of this i mean like we said it's there's other factors as well i mean maybe people didn't think it was very interesting or other things going on um so i don't you can't blame everything there's not a one-to-one correlation here but um it's very interesting i think it's something we'll be kind of checking in with every single week until things get better <laughs> yeah no i i definitely agree there um yeah it'll it'll, it'll be something that is going to be probably um we're going to see probably every day something new happen I, I know disney over at disney there were there were reports of them not talking about moving films but they're saying that they're checking things not even day by day but hour by hour um checking the numbers and checking the, kind of their trajectory for a lot of these uh upcoming releases that they have so that's that's something to take into account as well um but yeah i think we're just gonna have to be taking it kind of week by week day by day see what happens yeah, it's really weird because, I mean, this is probably what the biggest disease since, like, I don't know, like SARS or something like that. So this is this is very, like, we're, we are in very uh, just strange times. So um, there's definitely a lot, to, a lot of turnover there. But I guess for now we'll move on to The Invisible Man, which is it held up pretty decently, actually, in its second weekend. Um, so it wasn't hit quite as much, which is why we can't really blame the coronavirus for everything but a 46 percent drop in its second weekend 15 million um over 50 million domestically uh, it's right around 100 million worldwide uh just nothing really new to report here but it's visible man doing really well against that budget that's just a shocking shocking thing like 100 million globally now just uh a couple weeks out or two weeks kind of out in theaters now that is really really impressive for this film and it kind of just goes to show you you make a good movie you get good reception uh people enjoy it good word of mouth it, it's gonna do well yeah it's just a really solid success story from start to finish it, a couple of good trailers you have a really good and thoughtful director and lee winnell great star really interesting stuff uh very timely it's just it's really very much a success story through and through yeah, I think that um, this is definitely one of the uh, better stories for Blumhouse. I mean, kind of erase some of the other films that have come out this year and some of the issues. Uh, I mean, they're not losing a ton of money with some of their other, uh, not bombs this year, but some of the other films that underperformed slightly. This is kind of making up for that for them. Yeah, we we washed away the stink of Fantasy Island pretty quickly <laughs> with this movie. Very uh, quickly. So it's, yeah, we've been kind of in a, quiet little time for Blumhouse here. Um, it's, I mean, we had Get Out a few years ago, which everyone seems to go back to, but um, after that we had like Ma and Glass, which actually did very, both of those movies actually did very well, but everyone kind of, no one's really like excited about those, I would say. Black Christmas did, didn't do that great either, but um, I think we're, this is kind of the beginning of a lot of uh, like a lot of success for Blumhouse because we have the hunt next week, which I'm sure will just start a lot of bad conversations in general. But I think the movie seems like everyone from early reactions really seems to like it. Um, then we have Run Sweetheart Run after that, which actually uh, premiered at Sundance earlier this year, which I know Colin got to see and he really liked that movie as well. So that could be a little interesting movie as well. So it's it's a little bit of the turning of time for Blumhouse. They were never in danger of anything because all these movies made decent money against their minuscule budgets but um yeah it's just every so often they have one of these crazy successes and that's the invisible man definitely yeah so from there we'll move on to the other uh, big re- release of the week which i 
I'm really excited to talk about, which is The Way Back, which is the Ben Affleck or the reimagining of the Sad Fleck uh, <laughs> persona, um, just him dealing with a lot of his issues on screen. Um, this movie was kind of right in line with expectations for around, so it made 8.5 million. Uh, I'm sure, I know expectations, this is hit right in there, but I'm sure Warner Brothers was probably hoping for a little more with um, kind of, it seems like it's from the, the trailers were really good. You have a star in there, sports movie. Um, they, I'm sure they were probably hoping somewhere in, in, in the teens. Um, but it's, you can't, it's, you can't sniff out this one too hard. It's, it's doing pretty decently. Um, there's still a lot of time for the way back and this was never going to be a big time hit. So, um, I wouldn't really call this a flop or a success either way. It's just kind of, it just kind of is. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I I don't think this is a film that's, it's bombing by any means. I think bombing for this movie would probably be like a under, under $5 million opening, but 8.5 is not, not too bad against that budget. Um, I know that Warner Bros. has had some movies that have been released in the past few months that that have underperformed on decently, not large budgets, but I I think of Motherless Brooklyn as one of them, uh, one of the films that that really underperformed, um, or or maybe not even underperformed because I don't know if it had that high of expectations, but just didn't do all that great. Um, I think of The Kitchen, I think, is one of them. Um, But The Way Back is kind of on the higher side of that of the films that have kind of decent budgets around $20 million um, that, that didn't make a ton of money at the box office. So the way back's kind of at the higher end of those films opening weekend wise, it had good reception, good buzz. I think that if it, if it holds on to that, this movie will stick around for a little while. Yeah. And it's, it's rolling out um, overseas and are kind of in the next few weeks. So maybe uh, the coronavirus isn't quite in play here. Uh, so it's, It'll be all throughout April. It'll kind of release more markets over and over. But um, just for the movie itself, I really like this movie. Uh, I think I'm uh, one of the bigger Ben Affleck stands you'll see. I just really think he's he's a really interesting, one of the more interesting actors. And he always, it seems like he's all his roles are very knowing. And I think this is like the most obvious one of all of them where he's clearly going through a lot of his real life issues on screen, um, which I think makes this movie uh, far more interesting than it has any right to be. I feel like, I think if you put, there's, I think there's better actors that you could put in this role. And I think Ben Affleck would say that, would say as much, cause he's very candid about, so he's like, yeah, he's, he's a very good actor, but he's, there's clear that other people are better than him. Um, but because it's Ben Affleck and this lead role, it, it makes the movie uh, take on such a deeper meaning because it's a lot about him and his real life struggles. And, um, I took a lot away from that. I thought it was pretty inspiring and tough to watch at times. And I, I really dug it. what do you think? what did you think about it? No, I agree. I think that the narrative behind this movie is the reason that I was excited for it. Just that it's, it's Ben Affleck in a role like this, um, kind of trying to deal with like his character in the film, obviously dealing with alcoholism and, and stuff and trying to find the way back uh, from all that. <laughs> but no, no, honestly, this is a film that I did enjoy. I thought he was really good in it. I think there's a really nice um, score in this movie, too, that that I don't think is a, is a phenomenal score or, or a super standout score, but I think it's one that complements the film. There are a lot of subtle, quiet scenes, and I think that the score carries this movie really well. Um, a lot of the riffs are, are the same. like They're very reused, but they're very comforting in a way, or, or you really feel a lot from them in a way um, as the film goes on. I really dug the movie. Um, 
one of the better films I've seen so far this year. Not a ton of great stuff has come out up to this point, but I think Ben Affleck was impressive here. Really, he was good. Like he, he was in touch with uh, himself in this film, and it was great to see. But yeah, that narrative that you're talking about that that's what made me interested in this movie to begin with. So I think that obviously there are probably some better actors out there to fit this role or to to be in this film. But I think he fits this role really well, and I'm I'm just happy to see him in it. Yeah, and I really like. So this movie was initially titled The Has Been, which I think, like, on the surface, people would probably say that's the better title. But I think I really like the change here to The Way Back, because for about two-thirds of this movie, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I wasn't vibing with it, but I was, I was wanting, a, I was wanting a little more, because it feels like the movie was kind of, it was giving you a lot of the same that we've seen with a lot of these sports movies, where a um, guy with some baggage comes on to a team who's, they're, Thing, they're a team full of underdogs and they have to work to get better and there's they have to outgrit the other team because they're not as talented and there's a lot of that stuff in there um, but then the third act happens and so you get a lot of that stuff kind of kind of folded into the first two acts and then there's just more to come and I think it's when we really understand that for this character and I think it's one of the more poignant parts of this movie where it's the basketball was not ever going to heal him it's like it's not that kind of uplifting like hey we won the big game so all of my issues are <laughs> saved you know and i think right. i wonder if that kind of more realistic depiction of alcoholism and vices i think i wonder if that may turn off people because this movie's kind of somber it's like there's some jokes here and there but it's it's a pretty serious movie about a lot of, of serious things and i think that third act is what really stuck out to me because it's this movie kind of ends with um, it's really interesting because it kind of ends with where the like kind of like the happy um, like montage of good things happening to someone would start. <laughs> so you kind of you don't get that overwhelming emotional like you get that release, that catharsis. But it's kind of like you feel that we're on betting better footing by the end of it. And uh, I really, I really like that as like a kind of a subtler way to end this movie because you can sense that things are starting to turn the right way for this character. And then you look in real life, and that's kind of where Ben Affleck is because he's been just really candid about the struggles he's de- he's dealt with. And um, I think one of the more er- interesting tidbits that he shared on the press tour was when he was writing the new Batman movie, and he turned over the sc- the script to someone he really appreciate it. And he said, I think the script's really good, but I think you're going to kill yourself uh, working over this. And just a really powerful thing to say to someone. I don't know if I would say that to anybody. Um, but so just kind of just really seeing that. And I think Ben Affleck, it's, I think this movie was really good for him in general. We kind of talked about that, but um, I just, it makes it, I left this movie feeling really good for him just in general and for this movie. So it's, it's really a win-win in all and kind of in all situations here. Yeah, definitely. And I, honestly, I thought some of those uh, Snyder Cut uh, people would have driven up the uh, the box office. But I, guess that, <laughs> I guess that proves that there are a lot of uh, bots out there. It was really funny because I was I really like the trailer of this movie. I think it's really really good. I've watched it a few times, but you look at the comments and all of them are like, "Please come back to Batman," or like, "Oh, the score the score in this trailer sounds like the Man of Steel score." It's like, "Oh, release the Snyder Cut." And that's all people care about. Oh my god, it's so weird. Oh my god, um, no, it's, it's something else. But now that they need to come out in droves and drive up this this box office uh, next weekend try to see if they can do that but i don't know a lot of bots <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i really i really like gavin o'connor as a director um, this is 
think the second time he's worked with Ben Affleck, the first being the accountant. Um, he's, I think he's made a, he's quietly put together a pretty solid resume for himself as kind of the, kind of the dude director dealing with masculine issues, but in a very thoughtful and kind of honest, emotionally honest way. Um, so you have, you have warrior in there and uh, miracle, um, the accountant is in there as well. Um, and even the way back, he's just, he's, he kind of, you kind of see where he is very much into kind of just dudes kind of dealing with stuff. And even warrior is like one of the most masculine movies ever where it's like people don't know how to talk to each other. So they just punch each other in the face repeatedly <laughs> until they can finally say they're sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, I really like what he does in this movie. I think he's along with Ben Affleck kind of, um, shepherding this project along with his kind of personal issues. Um, he, I think his direction is really solid here where it's, it's very, it's little documentary style ish where he has like those little, little snap zooms that you've seen that I think he uses pretty effectively. Um, I think he's also really good at just filming sports. I think some of the fight scenes in warrior are incredible. And, um, even here it's a, like, it's very realistic depiction of high school basketball where it's that it's seen, it's, pretty obvious that they kind of they cast uh young actors for the basketball team people they kind of cast like athletes first and then kind of worked on their acting afterwards uh it's it's very it's, it makes everything very thrilling uh it's, it makes it more realistic and it kind of makes this journey just just more worthwhile uh just really well done even if it's pretty familiar in a lot of parts no yeah, he's a really good he has a really good touch on this film uh, definitely great direction here but yeah you're right Th- those basketball sequences are entertaining and they do feel pretty realistic and i love how he shoots some of them uh some of them a little bit fast place fast paced quick cuts but i also just like to see some of the passing game it, like like it really like you're, you're kind of watching the game in, in a pretty cool way in this film uh but yeah it's, it was a good movie and i do hope it continues to do well at the box office and i hope it has good legs here now because i think it's a good watch and i think it, uh, it, it would pay a lot of people a good good service to check this one out yeah it's it's not it's not gonna it didn't really do anything incredibly new but i think it's it's one of those things where it's very solidly was there very solidly produced and it has that kind of that real life touch that makes that really just elevates it above the rest uh, but we'll move on here to the fourth and fifth fifth place movies for the weekend we have sonic the hedgehog as a return uh, as the return kind of dealing with its first kind of big head-to-head uh matchup with onward coming out this week it dropped 51 percent so not too bad there. Uh, we kind of talked this movie to death, so I don't really have much to say unless you do. Um, no, nothing much. I mean, 460 theaters dropped from last week, 50% drop. That's not too bad. It's about to cross 300 million globally. It's still on a roll. Yeah, and then we have Call of the Wild in five. Um, it continues to exist and probably continue, continues to lose money for 20th century studios. It's <laughs> still, still weird saying that. I have to catch myself. It's like when, like, the Chargers moved from San Diego to LA. It's like, wait, you, you catch yourself saying San Diego Chargers still. It's the same thing there. But uh, yeah, Call of the Wild, right around 100 million worldwide. It's still budget of 135, so it's not doing particularly well. So it's still here existing. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it'd be it'd be good for them if they're able to even hit 135. That's probably the goal at this point. Yeah, there's reports out there that kind of said this movie was probably going to lose around 50 million, 50 to 40 million for mm-hmm. the studio. So that's that's not what you want. Um, and so 
from there, we'll kind of move on to um, Emma, which I talked about last week and really, really dug. This movie expanded wide. Uh, it's now a l- in a little less than 1,600 theaters in, here in the U.S. Um, made $5 million, which isn't particularly great, but you really it's not bad either for this kind of movie. It's not it's not anything like onward or it's not it's not going to appeal to everybody but it's it's doing well and i'm 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 happy to see focus features give it a chance and kind of put it all across the country yeah and i mean the the per theater average was actually pretty solid for this movie a little over $3100 i think that's that's not too bad that's higher than most of the other movies in the top 10 this week with exception to uh onward and i think that's pretty much it yeah and the invisible man besides that it's it outperformed pretty much every other top 10 movie in terms of per theater average so five million is not too bad it's past 20 20 million globally which is a a good kind of starting point for this movie and i did enjoy it i checked it out yesterday anya taylor joy i think she's fantastic and i I love to just just watch her in movies she's really good she she's really good she's going to be good for a long time uh the costume design here i hope it's it's we talked about this last week i asked you does it have any oscar potential i think that's where it gets it because i mean just just gorgeous costumes all throughout this film a uh, great to look at and i hope that even though it can't come out early in the year here i hope it definitely um sticks in the mind of of people and kind of makes a return potentially in the fall in in voters minds because it, it serves to get recognized beautiful beautiful film yeah and Anya taylor, taylor joy is so so good and yeah she's incredible in this movie and she's she has whatever whatever movie she's in she adds that little devious charm uh just to her character really nicely and it's definitely not on the page it's just her and how she emotes and kind of how like what how she reacts to things which kind of gives this movie a really little interesting undertone um i love her and yeah she's gonna be around for so long because she's in she's in the in the next um robert eggers movie the viking movie which is probably going to be the just the love the first love of all film bros out there up there with the the lighthouse um, so she's going to be around for a really long time, and I can't wait to see what she does next. Um, but we'll we'll move, on, we'll move on to kind of what I hinted at earlier is the big winner of the weekend, uh, which was Spencer Confidential. Um, it's um, it's a movie, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw a really good uh, tweet out there where it's where uh, it was uh, Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg. Um, the only reason they didn't. Uh, up, upload this to Barstool immediately was because they don't have a streaming platform yet. Um, and because <laughs> this movie is the broiest movie to ever bro ever. So it's, <laughs> um, it's totally like um, kind of like an ego move for, for Marky Mark. So he's obviously this movie takes place in Boston and he's a cop and the movie begins with um, he goes to his character goes to jail because he beats up his uh, commanding officer so hard um, because he, like he, there was a little domestic abuse in there, so he just beats the crap out of him, and then he goes to jail. Um, and to, and to give you a good uh, good idea of what kind of movie this is, um, I've after just a very obvious uh, musical cue, uh, we see Mark Wahlberg with glasses in the middle of a prison library and just reading, and in massive just bold text on the screen, we see uh, prison. <laughs> to give you a so that you know what kind of where what setting we are in <laughs> so it's, that's the kind of movie that we're dealing with and there's a there's a sex scene later on between uh, eliza schlesinger and mark Wahlberg. to foreigners it feels like the first time um there is a uh, there's a bar in a boston uh, cop bar uh to the tune of sweet caroline because like obviously um <laughs> Why and not? 
And full disclosure, I haven't finished this movie yet because it's really hard to sit through. <laughs> but um, it's definitely the big winner of this weekend because um, Netflix with their um, ever-growing algorithm, it's n- number one on their new top ten feature, so people are really interested in it. Um, I don't really know if it's if that top ten is building the phenomenon or if the ph- phenomenon happened on its own. Um, but yeah, I think Spencer Confidential, despite its stupid title, st- stupid movie, and terrible spelling of Spencer, it seems like it's um, coming away as kind of the big, the big talking point out of the weekend. And how's how's Post Malone in there? Um, so um, from what I've I've seen, like half this movie, but he's in there for like he's in the prison scene and he gets into a fight with Mark Wahlberg. Um, he's actually not the worst, surprisingly. Like he's. It's obviously like stunt casting, and he just looks like, and you just look at his face and all his tattoos. Like, yeah, he's probably he's a good he's a good for a prisoner, you know. Um, but he he seems to have like decent charm. I don't know. Maybe he wants to do more movies. Who knows? I wouldn't scoff at it. He's not the worst. <laughs> There's this movie has plenty more problems than Post Malone. That's what I would say. That's fair, reasonable. <laughs> um, and last thing I actually wanted to touch on is a movie that I'm I'm really looking forward to in future weeks, kind of when it goes wide, is uh, First Cow, which is the first A24 movie of the of the year. It was uh, the per screen winner of the weekend at the box office, so it came came in with a little over twenty four thousand on four screens, a little under hundred million or hundred million, geez, a hundred thousand gross for the weekend. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. I don't really have much to ad per se because um we still need to see this movie but it looks delightful and it seems like it's going to be probably one of the bigger one of the first big indie hits of the year yeah i know for sure i like i don't know much about it i just know that there's there's some people some uh hardcore a24 fans that are trying to like make this into a little bit of a meme just the fact that it's called first cow and that it might may or may not be starring a cow <laughs> um but I, I I don't know. It's it's really interesting. And we were talking about it a little bit before we came on. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And A24, anything they do at this point, I mean, why not go check it out? They make interesting content, good content. So I'm looking forward to it. I feel like, can we call it, I feel like we can't call A24 movies indie movies anymore. They feel like they're their own thing, you know, where it's like them and Neon and maybe like Sony Pictures Classic. They're like, they're kind of like in their own little bucket. And like, I feel like, when we think of indie, we shouldn't really think of those anymore because I feel like A twenty four is basically an institution at this point. They're they're kind of transcending the indie, right? They're 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 kind of leaving that and kind of becoming their own or, or they're kind of their own sort of uh, stream. So I think that yeah, you might be right. We might have to look for a new uh, studio to f- fantasize over and and become our new A twenty four. I can I can feel the love coming for Neon, Stefter Parasite and all the stuff they do. I can feel that one coming, but um yeah, cuz A twenty four has it's going to be a big year for them because they have um The Green Knight, which I'm really looking forward to, which actually was supposed to premiere at South by, which so that's obviously going to hurt them a little bit, but that seems to be kind of a bigger budget movie and kind of a fantasy movie with um Dev Patel and um there's a there's a monster or, or, a, or a tree giant in there. It looks kind of cool, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely the fir- the beginning of a big big week year for them. Definitely. I mean, what better way to start it than uh, first cow? Absolutely, gotta love cows. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that just about wrap, wraps it up for this week. Um, we we're really we'll look. We'll come back next week, kind of see what 
what all the fuss is about with uh, Bloodshot, which I don't really know. It's the Vin Diesel thing, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, then we have The Hunt, which is finally coming out after its delays and controversies and all that. We have um, I Still Believe, which is kind of a Christian movie starring K.J. Apa, so sure. Um, but as always, uh, Brennan, thank you for joining me. For sure. I mean, it's it's about that time of year. The Christian movies are about to come out. Easter already. Um, and then Bloodshot, oh God, kill me now. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, The Hunt, finally, here we go. Yeah, so you can check back out, check back with us next week and we'll talk about all those and more. And as always, you can check us out on moviebabblereviews.com for some great content as well and follow us on social. And yeah, until next time, thank you very much for listening to us.